everyone, welcome to Quirky Cooking Chats. I'm your host Jo Witten and this week we are doing a Q&A. So now and then I send out a post on social media and say, has anyone got questions for me? Um, just whatever is burning in your mind <laughs> that you think I can answer um, and I will chat about it on my Quirky Cooking Chats podcast. So this hopefully will be a shorter podcast today, just a chit chatty one, answering some questions. Um, there is a couple of the questions were very, um, they deserve a whole podcast. So a couple of them I will um, move on to another week, but I'm going to answer some of your questions today. First of all, I do want to remind you that this weekend is our Wellness Renewed Health Summit online, all completely recorded. So if you can't attend all of it or some of it, you can watch later. And we are raising money for the flood situation down in um, Northern Rivers of New South Wales or up, depending on where you live. Um, as you probably have seen on the news, they've been hit with another flood, which is just so heartbreaking after only less than a month of trying to clean up from the last flood, they were hit with another huge flood. So if you are at all um, interested in helping out and contributing in some way to the recovery um, for these people, maybe you could consider coming along to our health summit, or at least you can buy it and listen to it later. So the health summit is something that um, we put together as a way of supporting people in this area. Elise lives in this area and she has put this together for us. Um, we've got some great speakers on everything from trauma to mold illness and how to um, remediate mold if you've got a mold problem in your home, um, community and let's see, getting back to basics with health and um, all sorts of great subjects. I will be doing a cooking demonstration for about an hour and a half, I think it is, I better check that, um, and showing some about three dishes um, that can be done quite quickly and cooked in bulk and that will help you to save money on your groceries and uh, also great for serving up to friends so if you've got some friends coming over from di for dinner this is a great one to watch so please have a look at the link below there is an option for you to choose what you want to pay so you can decide how much you want to pay to attend this summit and 100% of ticket sales go into flood relief charities. So please help out if you can, and you will also find a lot of benefits from this seminar. Okay, so let's get on to some of these questions. Um, first of all, I thought this is a really good one to begin with. Is there anything you would do differently on your GAPS journey knowing what you know now? Of course, <laughs> hindsight's 2020. Um, when we first started GAPS, well, the first, probably the first mistake we made was to dive right in. Like, we're desperate, we've got to get this started. Let's just dive in and start with stage one intro gaps. Um, alert bells should be going off because it takes time to build up to changes. And as I have talked about in this podcast recently, um, I had to learn how to make tiny changes. I am an all or nothing kind of person. <laughs> I would jump in and just be like, I'm gonna do this. Um, and then, you know, it's, 
pretty common to do that and then crash and burn. And we, we did have some setbacks because we jumped in quite quickly. Thankfully, I had, built up, I had already built up the foundation of healthy eating, whole foods. We didn't eat a lot of things with additives and preservatives, except maybe when you're out and you have a snackish thing. Um, so I had to move past that, but it was probably less of a change for our family than say someone who's on a standard Western diet and then decides to do gaps. So we had already cut out gluten and most grains um, and had worked on whole food eating, um, but there was still a lot of improvement that needed to be done. Um, so yeah, I was like, okay, we're starting Monday or whatever it was. And within four days, I was like, okay, this is too hard. I'm gonna to have to pull back and take this slower. So my first mistake was jumping in too fast. And what we ended up doing is we moved back to full gaps. And for a month, we did full gaps. And we worked on, in that month, our main focus wasn't just the food, it was on slowing down, on reducing all the busyness and all the um, activities and going out and going to things. We, we tried to be mostly at home for that month. And I was homeschooling, so that helped. Um, and we really slowed down, had a lot of time to rest, um, went for walks each day out in nature, um, swam, played sport a little bit, the boys did, um, but much, a much calmer approach to healing than that first dive into intro. Um, intro gaps and yeah we were working on getting those healing foods in during that time but we weren't as strict with it and then after about a month it was easy to move into intro gaps so that is definitely the way that Elise and I teach um, in our gut health program to work in gently and slowly by starting with whole foods and moving back into full gaps as you can by adding in healing foods more and more and reducing the starchy refined foods and then as you, if you need to, some people don't, um, then you can start working into the intro stages of gaps and then work through those and back to full gaps and then back to whole foods. So it's like a full circle. That's probably the first thing that I would say that I would, would have done differently. Um, another mistake that I made was thinking that the um, stocks and broths were long cooked bone broths, big mistake. <laughs> I mean, we still healed, but um, it's actually really important to begin your gut healing journey with short cooked meat stocks rather than long cooked bone broths. And this is something I've talked about in a, in a podcast a while ago. So you can scroll back through my podcasts on YouTube and you'll see meat stocks and versus bone broths. And that one gives a really good overview of what you're looking for in stocks and why it's important to have a short cooked stock um, when you're first starting to heal. And it also shows me in the kitchen making them and how to do it. Um, but basically, in a nutshell, um, if you have a damaged gut, the really long cooked bone broths will be difficult for you to digest and you may get a lot of histamine reactions from it. Um, because the longer it's cooked, the higher the histamines. Um, if you start with just a short cooked stock, like two hours for chicken stock, three to four hours for lamb and beef, um, one hour for fish. So you just start with those short 
cooked stocks with meat on the bone, so not roasted bones, just raw meat on the bone. For instance, chicken legs, chicken wings, carcass, that kind of thing, um, covered in water, salt and pepper, simmer it for a couple of hours, and then that's your base stock. And the reason that's so healing is because those short cooked stocks are really high in the amino acids like glycine, proline, collagen, gelatin, that heal the gut lining. So that really helps to fast track the healing of the gut lining if you're having those meat stocks on a regular basis. So that was another thing we did wrong because I thought the longer you cooked it, the better, and you use bones and that's actually not gaps. That's that's sort of like something you can have on a whole food diet, but not so much on gaps. So that was another thing I did wrong. Um, another thing, <laughs> I did lots of things wrong, um, but we still healed, you know, and this is why I say to people, don't get caught up in perfection. Just do the best you can and add in as many healing foods as you can. And I know, you know, most of us can't afford to go all organic. We didn't. Um, a lot of our veggies were still from the grocery store and meat. Um, so you just do what you can and just getting those whole foods in will make a huge difference. Getting healing whole foods will make another layer of difference. And then if you're still really sensitive, then going back to those super easy to digest meat stocks, soups, stews, soft cooked meat and veggies, um, getting rid of the really um, starchy foods and the baked foods for a while, getting rid of the sugars and having just a little bit of honey now and then in something. Um, but really pulling it right back to the bare basics for a while as you heal and then slowly adding things back in is the way to go. We do talk about that a lot in um, GAPS 101 if anyone wants more details on how to heal with GAPS and how to begin in a really slow, gentle way. And um, yeah, just take your time. Someone else asked, when do you feel like it's time to do GAPS again? Um, I don't think of it so much as a diet that you do, you know, like for instance, if you were trying to lose weight, you may do some crash diet for six weeks and then you go, okay, I'm, you know, doing well, I'll start bringing a few things back in. And then eventually after a year or whatever, you get back to a weight that you're not happy with. And so you do the crash diet again, and maybe you do it every year. Um, because you just feel like that helps you to lose weight, but it's kind of a roller coaster. So the aim with GAPS is not to have that roller coaster approach to your diet. The aim with GAPS is to re just pull right back to bare whole foods that are really healing and nourishing for the body, nutrient dense foods. So you pull right back to those, that core, um, the core foods of the GAPS diet that really help you to heal. And then as you heal, you can slowly bring back in other foods. For instance, you, you may need to take out nuts for a while, well you will generally, um, and, and seeds <clears throat> and things like that. So then later you start to bring in well-prepared, soaked, fermented, activated nuts, seeds, legumes, little by little as you can cope with them. And the aim is to be able to keep them in your diet and not have to continually pull them out, put them back in, pull them out, Sometimes you have to do a bit of that, but the aim is to add whole foods back into your diet forever. Um, so for me, dairy was a really big problem for me all my life um, because of the gut issues and so I couldn't really digest it properly. 
once my gut healed, I was able to start digesting dairy, but I brought it in really slowly. So first I brought in a bit of ghee and then I brought in a bit of butter and then I started having some 24 hour yogurt and sour cream. And slowly, slowly I could bring in things like milk kefir and um, cream, pure cream. And um, now and then I can have some milk and it doesn't affect me now. So my aim is to keep that at a manageable level and to keep my gut healthy enough that it's never becomes a problem again. If it does become a problem again, it can be for many reasons. It can be that you've gotten super stressed and it's affected your gut health because as we all know, stress really affects gut health and microbiome and your microbiome. Um, it could be that you've let too many non-whole foods in. So you've started having the packet foods and the junk food and the takeaway and the, I don't know, breads and cereals and muesli bars and things too often. like. You can gen when you heal really well, you can generally get away with that now and then. Like if you're out at a restaurant or you're at a friend's house and you don't want to say no to something and you just eat it, you should be okay. But if you keep doing that more and more, you know that whole 80-20 rule and how it usually becomes more like 60-40 <laughs> after a while? Um, that's when you may have to pull back and start doing more GAPS food for a while. I try to just really um, include a lot of GAPS food in every day meals. So every day we've got meals that have stock in them, short cooked stock, every day. Um, it's very rare that we don't have a day without stock. I often have, I always have pate in the freezer so that I've got organ meat um, options. Um, I always use ghee, which is another really gut healing food. Um, we try to have a lot of fermented foods, so all through the day, like at different meals, we'll have different spoonfuls of fermented foods. Um, so it becomes a part of your everyday life and your everyday diet to eat that way. And you do bring in more whole foods that like potatoes and sweet potatoes as you heal, but you still keep that core, um, those foundational healing foods in your diet. So if you get really sick okay so for instance i had surgery a couple of years ago that was an emergency surgery it was quite big and after that i hit rock bottom had adrenal fatigue and really needed some help to get back on top of things in that instance yes i did gaps for a little while like just a few weeks to try and get myself back on deck and it helped it really helped um or maybe if you find that you've been exposed to mold or um, for instance we had um, I really need to get a podcast done about this sometime but we had mold exposure a few years ago from a leaking pipe in the wall we had to get all the remediation done we had to get the walls pulled out and everything fixed and my son Simi who really reacted badly and basically went through chronic fatigue for months had to move out of home and um, he had to do gaps again quite strictly with all the supplementation and the detoxing things like you know the bentonite clay and the charcoal and all of that he had to do all of that again even though we'd only done gaps a few years before because the mold affected him so much and his body he doesn't have the genetics that help like basically his genetics and mine um, we don't detox well so if you find you've been exposed to, to toxins like mold or chemicals or 
some kind of medication like antibiotics where, where your body just has really struggled to get past that, then it might be a good idea to do a run through of intro again. But you may only need to do a few weeks. Like we would just do three to, three to five weeks in those situations of the really intro gaps and then just keep working on bringing those healing foods as much as possible, bringing them into everyday meals. So I hope that answered the question. It's very individual and it really depends on your um, environment, your personal health, your stress levels, um, your genetics, and so many things as to how, how often you need to pull back and say, let's get back to just healing foods for a while. But don't think of it as I'm doing a diet. You know, it's like, I am going to pack my meals with nutrient dense healing foods for a while because I feel like my body needs it. So I'm actually doing that at the moment. I'm focusing on having more stocks, more fermented food and less starches and carbs at the moment because I felt like I needed it. And it's not so much that I'm doing a diet. Like yesterday, a friend of mine said, oh, let's have a coconut ice cream. And I was like, all right, that's not on GAPS intro, but I'm being flexible. Like I'm just bringing in healing, nourishing foods um, more. I'm more focused. I'm focusing more on bringing in healing, nourishing foods constantly each day for a while. Um, but I'm not strictly doing gaps. So I hope that helps. Okay, someone asked if making lamb shanks, do you brown the shanks first or make it like a stock? Depends on the recipe and it depends on where you're at with your gut health. So again, if you are on intro gaps and you're just in the really early stages of gut healing, you're very sensitive, you've got a lot of symptoms still, the best way to um, begin the meal is to just simmer this lamb, uh, to just simmer the lamb shanks in water to make a meat stock, and then go from there. But if you're further on and you're not having heaps of symptoms and you're quite well, um, then you can easily brown the lamb shanks to get that extra depth of flavour. So when people see my recipes in Simple Healing Food, they may sometimes wonder, oh, why didn't she brown the meat first? At the start of each chapter of Simple Healing Foods, I've got the most healing, easy to digest recipes. And you'll notice that they're not browned, they're simmered, um, they're soups, they're stews, they're stocks. Um, and then the vegetables are added into the stock and cooked in the stock. So that's when you're on an early stage of gut healing. And as you progress, then you can go into the browned and roasted foods. Okay, another question is, you mentioned putting stock in jellies. What are the amounts? Okay, again, that will depend on where you're at with your health. So if you've got, for instance, a child who is really sensitive, um, eczema, histamine reactions, maybe behavioral issues, all sorts of um, uh, sensory sort of stuff going on, I would be very cautious about just giving them heaps of stock first up, like you need to add that into their diet gradually. And it's the same with adults that have like um, histamine issues and SIBO and low FODMAPs issues and all of this, you add stock in gently because it is a detoxing food. When your body gets those really um, 
powerful amino acids. It gets hold of them and goes, right, I'm going to build new cells with these amino acids and we're going to get rid of all the dying cells. And it starts to detox out the, you know, the cells that are, that are not well um, and starts to build new cells you'll have die-off reactions. So you need to go slowly with stock. So if someone's just beginning, again, you would just start with maybe a few drops of stock in a batch of jelly. Um, and then you could build it up to a quarter of a cup of stock and the rest is, is fruit juice. Um, and then, you know, slowly build up to half and half. And I probably would sort of stick to about half and half at the most because otherwise you're starting to lose all the flavor. Um, and just adjust the sweetness with a bit of honey. So that's how I would do it. Okay, another question is, did you take onion and garlic out of your diet when healing the gut as it can cause a lot of pain or reactions? And again, that depends on what your gut, what your gut issues are. For some people, onion and garlic doesn't do anything, like it's never bothered me. Um, but other people are super sensitive and the tiniest bit of garlic or onion in a meal will give them massive gut pain. So if that's you, you would take it out at first, work on healing the gut lining, get those meat stocks happening little by little, adding them in and tiny, tiny bits of fermented foods like the sauerkraut juice, just one drop on your food, that kind of thing, really, really slowly healing. And then now and then after maybe a few months, you can try a little bit of um, garlic or onion in your stock and see if you, if you cope with it. Um, but if you are really sensitive, I would recommend working with a practitioner on that, a GAPS practitioner, um, because it's a bit of a long journey. But for a lot of people, it's not a problem. Um, I did put um, some ideas for variations in simple healing food for those of you who do struggle with onion and garlic. And every one of my recipes that have onion and garlic have a variation without it um, below the recipe if you need that. Ah, what skincare products do you use? Okay, I brought them with me to the office and I thought I'll just show you. So this will be a little show and tell. Okay, so I use this facial cleaning oil usually. This is Merkaba, who's um, the lady who makes this is a friend of ours, Elise and I, and she's um, really worked hard on studying all the um, aromatherapy and all the different um, modalities she needed to learn about for skincare and it is absolutely beautiful so I use that for cleaning my face sometimes I use the Merkaba healing balm for um, my skin if it needs like a for instance I've got a I don't know if you can see it I've got a scar a really long scar here from skin cancer um, from a few years ago, so I used that a lot on the skin cancer scar, the Merkabah Healing Balm. Um, but for general everyday use, I use this one. Who, this is by another friend of mine, Lalella. So this is hemp oil, pure hemp oil, and it's from um, my friend's organic hemp farm in uh, Byron Bay. So Talisha. Um, the owner of Little Mashies, some of you will probably know Little Mashies, she has her own hemp farm. She doesn't make a lot of products, it's still a small farm so um, I think she probably will, yeah, 
if she gets too many orders, she'll probably kill me. But <laughs> anyway, um, this is really lovely. I use that on my face in the morning and at night and it just soaks in really well, but it's really moisturizing, but not greasy. Um, this one's a bit heavier. So, you know, for some people, they'd only want to put it on at night or let it soak in for a while before you do your makeup. And I'll just go ahead and show you the makeup that I use too, because I get asked this a lot. Um, I use the Era Perez concealer and that's pretty much what I use for makeup just dab it on wherever I need it and then I use the Inica powder so that it kind of sets it and you don't look too greasy just to brush that over and a little bit of the bron uh, what is it bronzer Inica bronzer so that's just like a blusher kind of thing a lot that's how I use it anyway and the Inica mascara and the Benacos um, eyebrow pencil and pretty much just her raw lip balm for lipstick I hardly ever wear lipstick I just wear lip balm and that one's colored so and that's it that's my very simple routine each day so yeah I don't use a lot of products okay next question is what do you feed your dog <laughs> well um, I'm not as good as my friend Emma who is absolutely amazing with what she feeds her cat with the raw food diet and I would love to be doing that but my problem is that just getting my head around my family's diet is big enough <laughs> and so I'm not quite as on on what's the word I'm not quite as good with the pet's diet. I do give them some raw meat and raw bones, my dog some raw bones, um, but they also have the grain-free biscuits. And then there's also things like um, a little bit of veggies, raw veggies, because my dog absolutely loves raw veggies. Anything like um, crunchy carrots, loves them. Broccoli, cauliflower, zucchini, cucumber. He loves all of that. Um, and then he also sometimes has some like grain-free, um, like the tinned or packet food. So yeah, a bit of a mixture and sometimes an egg. Um, but I do have a really good podcast about feeding dogs natural diets. Um, and, I, and I've put as much of that into action as I, as I can manage. Um, and I will put the link below for those of you who want to work on um, better pet food. All right, a friend of mine asked, how's your garden going? <laughs> well, very slowly. I spent all last weekend weeding my path that goes half, it goes around two sides of the house. So as you can imagine, it takes forever. It took me a couple of hours to weed that and because I don't use any poisons and so it's all hand done but um, we are working on getting a permaculture garden put in by a professional <laughs> because I just can't get it done. I've got bits and pieces growing in pots like a bit of celery and a bit of tomatoes and a bit of herbs. Um, I've got lots of turmeric, some ginger, um, spring onions, um, chives, parsley, heaps of oregano for some reason it's just gone crazy um, lemon thyme, a few strawberries 
Um, India's planted some watermelons and beans, which are going okay. Um, but we want it to be like properly designed and really get serious about growing our own veggies. I was talking to, um, so I get, I get deliveries of locally grown um, vegetables that are mostly pesticide free um, from the Real Food Network. So it's based in Cairns, because I'm in far north Queensland, um, and it's just farms and, and growers from our area. And he delivers that um, all around the place up in far north Queensland each week. And I was talking to him last night when he dropped off my box and um, he was saying that, it's pretty scary, um, that the vegetables that are grown in you know, monoculture farms with all the pesticides and everything, um, that testing them has shown that they have about 30% of the nutrition um, and vitamins and minerals and everything that vegetables used to have like, I can't remember, 100 years ago or whatever. So the nutritional value has gone down a lot because the soil's depleted due to over farming and all the chemicals that are used. And he says that that's going down and down and down and in a, you know, another generation, it'll probably be like 5%. And he's saying, you know, people are going to be starving yet obese. They're going to have really not getting the nutrition from their food if they're just buying things from the grocery store. Um, but they'll be getting too much of the, the grains and the carbs and the sugars and the refined foods that cause obesity. Um, and he was saying, you know, this is why it's so important to support small farmers and local growers. It's so important. Get out there and buy those CSA boxes, community supported agriculture. That's what CSA stands for. And plant your own gardens if you can as much as possible. So we are really working on getting a permaculture syntropics kind of garden put in. And then my, my daughter, India and Simi and I will really work on keeping that up. Um, so at the moment we're planting seedlings and getting those sort of actually the first step. Simi's making me a potting table out of, um, what do you call them? Pallets, wooden pallets. So we're working on that this weekend and um, getting all the, we've got a full compost that needs to be put out under the, around the area where the garden's going and all the mulch. So we're working on that. And then um, the permaculture guy is working on the design and it's gonna be so cool. It's going to be a Fibonacci spiral, <laughs> just, because I, just because we wanted to do something a bit quirky and it just fits the area so well. So the spiral will go from our back veranda and around and there'll be on the, on the large side of the spiral, there'll be a fire pit and benches against the side of the yard and some fruit trees going around and then it goes up a little bit and then goes into a tighter spiral at the back of my yard that's a triangular shape and in the middle will be a herb spiral. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. So we are working on the design. We just haven't actually started all the digging yet, but stay tuned because I will definitely be videoing this and sharing it. It's very exciting. Okay, next question. Do you use an ice cream maker and which one? Yes, I have a, oh, I've forgotten the name of it. Cuisina ice cream maker. I, I'm sorry, I've forgotten the actual, let me quickly look it up. It's one that has the built-in um, freezery bit. <laughs> I'm doing well, aren't I? Okay, let's see, see if I can find it. 
ice cream. Okay, it's got it's the Cuisinart Cuisinart ice cream machine with compressor, 1.5 liter. So that's the one that I have, and it's really useful. Which I really need to make some more ice cream. Actually, that's good. Thanks for reminding me. Um, and the last question for today: Why is your sister so amazing? And that was sent in by my sister. <laughs> but if you have watched my Instagram videos at all, you'll know that my sister is amazing. Um, Joy brings me flowers every Monday morning from her garden. I really need to go and video her garden. Hers is amazing. She's got a rooftop garden on top of a shed. And then she's got all these beautiful gardens out on the property that they live on um, and greenhouses and all sorts. And she grows flowers and vegetables and chilies and all sorts of things. So I need to go video her garden, but yeah, she works for me on Mondays. She used to work for me two days a week, but then she got busy with other things because she also teaches piano. So now she just works for me on Mondays and it's kind of our catch up time as well as work. So I work on the computer and do bits in the kitchen while she really focuses on getting meals made for the um, family for the week for us to put in the freezer. And yeah, she's totally amazing. So if you haven't watched my Monday stories on Instagram and Facebook, you really should. <laughs> You're missing out. But yeah, she sent that question in. Cheeky thing. All right. So the rest of the questions are quite serious and I feel like they need their own um, podcast. And so the next, the next one or the one after, I'm not sure because I've got another one booked in. Um, we'll be talking about anxiety and depression and working through um, working through these things in a natural, healthy way and where to get help and what helped us because we've been through them as well. And I know a lot of you do um, have anxiety and depression in the family or maybe you do yourself. And so this will be a topic that I think will be really helpful. Um, and I've written about it a lot. Um, but I might see if I can find someone to come on the show with me. Oh, sorry, the first one I'll do on my own because I want to go through what I've written because it's going to take a fair while. It's going to take a full podcast and then um, maybe we can get some other people on the show with specific questions that you have. Um, but definitely I would love to share about that. I just feel like it needs its own podcast. All right, if you have other things that you'd like me to talk about on the podcast feel free to email me at help at quirkycooking.com.au i'm happy to um, consider your questions and sorry about any that i missed today there was quite a few and i'll try and catch them up on the next one all right thanks so much for listening and don't forget to book in to the wellness summit that we have for raising money for blood relief link is below hope to see you there have a great weekend. Bye.